Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke here again. Uh, you're all very welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast, where every week I pick a topic and I tell you people all about it. I hope you're getting something from these podcasts. I do get a bit of feedback, which is quite nice. Um, and by the way, I've said this before, if you have any ideas, send them in. I'll try and do them. Now, obviously, I'll be picking things I know something about. Let's face it, it's sensible. I can't be talking about things I don't know anything about. Um, you, I, obviously, I'm an immunologist first and foremost, certain about the immune system or diseases of the immune system. But I'm also a biochemist and about biochemicals at all. They're, they're two of the big themes that we have often on, on this because I do know a lot about that, having spent the last 35 years working on these things. And by the way, while I'm at it, I also teach our students. I've just given a lecture to the first year biology students. There's a terrifying prospect, 318-year-olds in a room. Uh, and they're all very quiet because it's their first few lectures. And I gave them a lecture on the origin of life, which I think I've, I've touched on here before. Uh, I love giving those first lectures because they're all so terrified. They're very obedient. Um, and it was a great, 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 at least I enjoyed it. I'm not sure if they did. Anyway, I'm going off the topic. What I want to talk about today is something very exciting happened last week. And that was we humans sent a probe, a rocket, a spaceship up into space to crash into an asteroid. Now, there's a thing, right? So I'm going to talk about the science of asteroids. Now, I'm not an astronomer. I'm not a physicist, but you can't beat this story because it's just brilliant, you know? Um, and, and more precisely, the science of crashing into an asteroid is what I'm going to talk about. And it was spectacular. And uh, the James Webb Telescope captured it. Lots of telescopes were measuring this event of shoving something into an asteroid. Uh, and, and in fact, I just saw this morning, uh, as I was on the dart reading over this, it now it's turned the asteroid into a comet because the thing smashed in. All this debris now is streaming out the end of this asteroid and it looks just like a comet because obviously this debris was knocked out of the thing when, when the spacecraft crashed into it. Now, the mission was called DART. I've just been on the DART. I didn't mean that to be a seamless segue, but it's true. It's called DART, which stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, is the name of the mission. And uh, the DART craft, if I can put it that way, it wasn't like a DART train. It's the size of a vending machine. It was sent up into space. And the actual asteroid was 6.8 million miles away. Now, try hitting something 6.8 million miles away, right? And even more impressive, it's about the size of a football field, this asteroid. So talk about skill. And I, I, I like this particular story because it's scientific excellence at its best. Obviously, the guys in NASA had to figure out the trajectory of the damn thing, get it to go 6.8 million miles and knock into this asteroid. And they achieved this. And of course, you've all seen movies when they're all whooping in the control centre in Cape Canaveral. Well, they were whooping on this day because they hit the thing, you know, trying to hit something at that, that distance. Uh, uh, and it worked, basically, right? Now, why would you bother send a vending machine-sized spacecraft to hit an asteroid? Well, I'm sure you've seen these disaster movies where an asteroid or a meteorite is hurtling towards the Earth and might kill us all. And there is a chance of that, it's remote, but there is a chance of the Earth that's been hit by many meteorites and asteroids over the over the last million, few million years. It's, it's not uncommon, and a big one might come and hit us. And some of those movies, you may have seen them, they normally send up a, a, a rocket full of sort of very macho men, and they fire a nuclear weapon into the damn thing and break it up that way, you know? And that might be one thing to do. But this was more clever because they thought if we could nudge an asteroid with a spacecraft, if one should come towards the Earth, then we could nudge it away. And guess what? It worked. They nudged the asteroid 
sufficiently such that if it was hurtling towards the Earth and you obviously go out into space a fair way before it gets near us and that a tiny nudge has a big effect there, it wouldn't destroy life on Earth. So it's seen as a massive success story for that reason. Now again, before I go into the details, just to mention, and, and again many of you will know this, 66 million years ago, there's a long time, a massive asteroid smashed into the Earth. By the way, any mistakes, please send in your corrections. Smashed into the Earth and killed all the dinosaurs. You may remember this. It was a massive extinction event. It hit the Earth off uh, Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula. We can see the crater. It sent up a huge amount of dust, which blocked the sun. All the plants were dying and the dinosaurs were wiped out. And this is this is 99% certain because all the evidence supports it. Um, one piece of evidence that I think is especially compelling is there's a layer of a thing called iridium all over the Earth from that time. That was in the thing that hit. It was rich in iridium. Iridium is pretty rare on Earth. So if you see a layer of iridium, the most likely explanation is this asteroid hitting the Earth. I think it is a meteorite, actually. Sending up the dust and then settling down. And that's one of the pieces of evidence. But anyway, it wiped out the dinosaurs. And if they hadn't been wiped out, we couldn't have evolved. We are evolved from a tiny shrew-like creature that was around that time. And then, once the dinosaurs all died, there were gaps, if you like, in the ecosystem. And we could evolve. So we wouldn't have evolved if it wasn't for for this event, remember. A random event, I hasten to add. Uh, But that's the fear. It might happen again. So, so So the NASA scientists kept lobbying Congress to give the money to do this. And they managed to raise the money. And it's an amazing amount of money was spent on this, as I'll come back to in a minute. Uh, but they, they got permission to do it anyway, and off they went and did it, and it worked. Now, what about the name Double Asteroid Redirection Test? Well, the lead scientist on this mission is a guy called Dr. Cheng, and he had this brilliant idea of why not hit an asteroid that's going around another asteroid? Instant complexity already, I can hear you saying. Talking about the reason for this is if there's just an asteroid hurtling through space, and if you hit it with a vending machine, you might nudge it slightly. It might be hard to spot that nudge; it just moves a little bit, you know. But if one asteroid's gone around another, right, you can follow its orbit around the other asteroid. If you nudge that, the orbit will change, and it's easier to measure that change in the orbit. This was a stroke of genius from Cheng. He said, "I read an interview with him. I think it was about 11 years ago. He was out for a walk one day, and it suddenly struck him: What if we hit an asteroid going around another? We'll be able to measure the force of the impact and then prove to our paymasters in NASA that it worked. And that's what's happened. So the D in in, in Dart is double." double asteroid redirection test and it really was a stroke of genius they're talking about a Nobel Prize for this guy already to be honest because he had that great idea now the mission then they began lobbying Congress in America and guess how much it's cost 325 million dollars now you often get with these space things and it happened with the moonshot in the Apollo mission spending billions why not spend that money on trying to find a vaccine for malaria say or whatever it might be you know and and that's not unreasonable especially if you're someone like me who wants funding for my research but on the other hand if an asteroid did hit the earth we'd all be wiped out so maybe that's money well spent you can save humanity by spending this 325 million and of course whenever that money is spent by the way it's spent on companies around the world so it's invested it creates employment it creates activity so it's not money being wasted you know it kind of recirculates I guess and that's one of the justifications for it so they raised the money 
built the craft, and off it went into space. Now, again, as, as you can appreciate, the scale in this, the launching of it, and the directing of it towards this thing that was 6.8 million miles away. Now, they picked these two asteroids. It turns out that as many as 19% or sorry, 15% of asteroids are going around each other out there. You know, so a lot of them are called binary. They're double asteroids. And they picked one that had been observed for quite a while. One was called Dimorphos and the other was called Didymos. And they're ancient Greek characters, I think. Uh, and it's egg-shaped orbit, by the way. And they've been observing this. So one has gone around the other like an oval shape, right? And the idea would be if you hit it with the the spacecraft, you'll nudge it and that oval shape will change and that can be measured. And guess what? This double, this binary goes round the sun every two years. So twice the length of time the Earth going around the sun, this binary system. And they'd known about this for quite a long time. And the one going around the other, right? And again, they could measure this. Every 11 hours and 55 minutes is the orbit time of one asteroid or the other. Now, if only we had a video to show you, but you're listening in, and if you go onto YouTube, you'll see a video of this. So, so one asteroid's going around the other every 11 hours and 55 minutes. If the dart hit it, great name, dart again, uh, that would decrease the, the orbit by 10 minutes, which you can measure, because that's, that's quite a shift, you know, and so they calculated all this using Newtonian physics, that the impact would change the orbit and de it, it decreased by 10 minutes, speeds up the thing in a way, and that could be measured, you see. And that's exactly what they managed to do. And this thing slammed into it. Uh, it left a big cr crater, it, all this debris into space, and now that orbit has changed by that amount of time. Now, again, they've claimed that uh, this morning, again, I looked at it. They haven't released the data. I'd like to see the graphs to show the data of that. They're about to release it. They're analysing all that data. But they've told us the bottom line is it worked, basically. And then guess what? I also came across this. There have been lots of double impacts on Earth. So sometimes these binary asteroid systems hit the Earth and you see two craters beside each other. They're called double impact craters. So again, it's not that unusual to see, see these double asteroids, I guess. And then some of them have knocked into the Earth. So again, imagine now if a binary system is hurtling towards the Earth, and they're watching for this all the time, uh, we could send another vending machine spacecraft up and divert the damn thing away from us and save all of life on Earth. Now, the, the study then gets um, also interesting because in 2024, so two years from now, the Europeans are getting involved. There is the European Space Agency. We often collaborate with NASA, by the way, with the International Space Station or whatever. So the Europeans are stepping up and they're sending another spacecraft up to this binary system to measure things. They want to look at the crater, the impact, make sure it worked. We don't trust the Americans, do we? No, that's not true. We do trust them. Um, but just to be on the safe side, to make sure everything's fine. Uh, and again, they're going to get lots of measurements and prove it works. So that spaceship will be going up soon and maybe on its way, actually, to check out the double asteroid system and make sure. But they can see it. I mean, again, the Webb telescope, I think we did something on the Webb before, that captured this beautifully because it's a wonderful telescope in space. So it seems to have worked. And I'll finish with another lead scientist on the programme, Elena Adams. She, again, is one of these great scientists who, who organised the whole thing. She said in a statement, Earthlings should sleep better, I certainly will. Now, isn't that a great phrase? So that means Earthlings everywhere. Don't worry, because if there is an asteroid hurtling towards the Earth, NASA and the European Space Agency will save us money well spent. So there you have it. Dart, it worked. 
great evidence as well that it worked and a really good example, I guess, of space being useful to us and NASA and the European Space Agency helping us in all kinds of ways. Great science, no doubt, will come out of analysing all this as well. That will give us lots of more information. So a big thank you to all the scientists who one day their science might help save all life on Earth. Not, not, an un, not a minor thing to claim, I guess. So thanks for listening. The Science of Asteroids. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, my podcast is a News Talk production and it's available for download every Thursday. Cheerio.